Hi, I'm Sean Healy, and you're listening to Tools. Hi everyone, Sean Healy, NLP trainer and change agent here, and you're listening to episode 92 of Sean Healy Tools, a podcast designed to support entrepreneurial couples, people in business partnership, and anyone looking for more tips, tools, and strategies to add to the quality of your life. So welcome to today's episode. Episode 92 is entitled Narcissistic Abusers versus Abusers. Um... I thought I'd really do an episode on this because um, of some of the considerations around uh, abusive dynamics. Um, it's important to understand that anyone who's very skilled at abusing and devaluing other human beings and being able to get away with it, these are actually quite sophisticated and complex sets of behaviours. This is not ignorant um you know, unthought out behavior. Um, and I think we have to start really considering that bu- things like bullying, um, extreme control dynamics, um, domestic abuse, especially people who are abusers who can, you know, do what they do over an extended period of time and get away with it, requires quite a lot of thought and quite a lot of skill sets um, to be able to kind of. Um, pull something like that consistently off to be able to treat our um, supposed love partner and perhaps our children too so poorly, while at the same time being able to maintain a highly favourable public image is, is you know, that takes a bit. That's really quite a calculated and, and uh, crafty kind of element. So that what I wanted to look at in today's episode is some of the assumptions that can sometimes allow us to justify our partner's behavior or not look at our partner's behavior more closely. Remember, what an abuser relies upon is keeping you away from holding their behaviors to account. Um, And there are a number of strategies and ways to kind of do that. But, um, uh, you know, there are a number of ways in which we look at abusers and um, inadvertently, I guess, give them a, a free pass or excuse them more than, than we should, rather than go, no, these behaviours are unacceptable and we're calling them to account. Um, so it's a vast area, the, the dynamic of, of abuse, um, so many variances in here. But the thing that I wanted to kind of look at today was, you know, is my, is my partner uh, narcissistic as an abuser or, or are they a, an, an abuser? We're not saying, well, hey, you know, your partner's just a garden variety abuser, that's still horrendous. We're not minimizing abuse as abuse. But what this is about is the more we can see dynamics with clarity, um, the more we can respond in effective ways to dealing with things that are absolutely unacceptable um, uh, as behaviors and certainly unacceptable from what we would expect from a love relationship. Um, so let's have a look a little bit at the idea of narcissists, narcissistic behavior. You know, if, if somebody's got full-blown narcissistic tendencies, 
then that means they're going to behave with a sense of grandiosity, a sense of haughtiness, entitlement, um, uh, you know, lots of power and control dynamics, lots of idealization of, of, you know, people they're hooking in and then suddenly devaluing them. Um, uh, you know, and I'm going to expect special treatment um, and special attention wherever I go. You know, if I'm suffering from or I'm diagnosed with uh, narcissistic tendencies, then what you're going to see is that plays out everywhere. I, I, I take that, you know, way of being in the world into my pro professional life. I take it into my social life as well as my relationship. So what you're going to see with someone with narcissistic tendencies is you're going to see those things across the board. They will be in multiple contexts. That's very different to someone who's acting with a sense of entitlement um, and has a set of beliefs specific to intimate relationships and um, which might be something along the lines of, you know, the we of a couple is meant to serve I. You know, I have a sense that I'm in, you know, if I marry someone, uh, my beliefs are set up such that, you know, that person is there to serve my needs, um, that I'm entitled to that. Um, my needs are the only things that are important to be considered. You know, I'll give ground to you on certain stuff, but it'll be only the things that really don't matter to me. But I'll look as if I've done you a magnanimous kind of favour by uh, letting you do that thing. Oh, well, if you want to do that, but really I'm on anything that's significant to me, I'm not giving ground on that. You know, um, I'm using extreme control methodologies to keep power in the relationship, to keep me in control, to, you know, I might be minimizing and devaluing you. Um, so it can look like uh, it can come across, a, a you know, again, narcissistically, but it's only in the area of, of my intimate relationship um, and possibly with my children that that sense of entitlement and grandiosity and superiority plays out. Every other aspect of my life, I'm perfectly uh, capable of working as a team, of handing over control, of sometimes leading, sometimes following. But in my personal intimate relationship, I am the leader. I am in control and that does not budge. Um, and even the way I argue in relationship is going to be very much in a power over dynamic where I will squash your opinion, I'll ridicule your opinion, I'll devalue your opinion, I'll discredit your opinion so I don't have to take it on it with any level of consideration. I'll twist it around on you. But if I'm arguing in a professional context, I'm, I have a completely different argument style. Um, I'm very open to collaboration. I'm very open to negotiation. I'm open to hearing what you have to say. I'm, I'm welcome to um, take it on board. I can work uh, you know, as an effective team member. So it's important to understand that's very, very different. Um, because sometimes we can get into the trap of saying, oh, well, you know, my partner, they're like that because they're a narcissist. Um, well, um, yes, if they do that behavior everywhere and the same types of confrontational and frictional issues that you experience are also experienced by uh, their broader family members. You know, this person's mum and dad say, oh, yes, we always had those clashes with them. Their friends say, yes, from time to time we have those clashes with them and their business colleagues or uh, people in a professional environment and even strangers um, uh, end up in um, uh, confrontation or clashes based off this person's sense of superiority and entitlement in all areas. But if it only happens to you, then 
this is a this is a you know more likely you're dealing with someone who's abusive, not necessarily also with traits of narcissism. Um, except if you you might say something like con- contextual entitlement, maybe I don't know, um, and I don't know enough about um, from a medical perspective what you would uh, you know if there are any other more accurate titles. But I think it's a very very when we make the decision that these behaviours are only reserved for us or only reserved for us and our kids, then this gives us a sense of clarity. We can deal with that because, ah, these are methodologies of control. These are belief, value and thinking issues about what it is to be in a loving relationship. Um, It's not a generalised worldview. Um, So the reason for this is that some of the research that's coming back and I... and I particularly would encourage you, if you haven't already, to have a look at the work of a gentleman called Lundy Bancroft, who um, uh, specialises in working with um, abusers and batterers, um, and so has a really good insight as to just how cunning and calculated um, this type of uh, set of behaviours is, Um, then you know, some of the findings that he talks about is the fact that people who are abusers with some what we would call significant psychological downsides, um, you know, that's only a percentage of abusers. A lot of abusers um, on psychological testing tend to come out with, you know, normal confrontation skills, normal relating skills. But but when it comes to us and our relationship, they bring a different style altogether. Um, but it, what it does is it, it gives us more clarity as the situation we're dealing with. Um, and then we can confront the challenge of, you know, is this a case that can the person change? And more to the point, you know, um, they probably can, but they're probably not willing um, because the strategies that they're using are, are working for them. Um, but it really does give us a sense of, of, of clarity and it demystifies things because, you, you know, if let's say, for example, uh, we're talking about someone who uses anger as a method of control. Now, someone with anger or rage-based issues, they're going to get in trouble uh, in the same kind of way across all different areas of their life. You know, I have if I've got rage issues, then I'm going to have blow-ups with my friends. I'm going to have blow-ups with my family. I'm going to have blow-ups with strangers in the street. I'm going to have blow-ups with service professionals. I'm going to have blow-ups with people I work with. Um, and I'm going to have blow-ups with you um, uh, as my uh, intimate partner, you know, because you're certainly not going to miss out. But what you're going to see is a pattern of blow-ups that goes across all areas of the person's life. That's someone who truly has anger and rage issues. But if the only one who's getting the anger and rage is you, then that's a control issue because, um, you know, that where we look like we're losing our temper, but what we're actually doing is, you know, we're not losing our temper, we're taking control and we're using anger as our method for, you know, because it can be very handy. Um, you ask me to do stuff I don't want to do and so I have a, I have an, what looks like an uncontrollable explosion of, of rage. Um, what does that mean for me? Next time you're going to think twice about asking me to do stuff I don't want to do. That's, that's part of the payoff. Um, and I can behave with my partner in these outrageous kind of ways that I know that if I did them anywhere else, people wouldn't put up with it. Um, 
but I know you're going to stomach it or you're going to justify it. Oh, the poor thing, they have anger issues. I'm, I'm sorry, I, I would more likely say that that's abuse issues. Now, that being said, um, we all get angry from time to time, but what we're looking at here is when we take out the anger with a degree of viciousness on an individual. So, you, you know, I'm angry about a situation is not the same as me using my anger to tear into someone, be belittling, be denigrating, attack your self-esteem, attack your competencies, um, and blame you for situations that I was, you know, just as involved in. Um, I, you know, there's, there's again, when, when we're angry and there's a distinct lack of accountability. You know, I can be angry at myself for how I contributed. I, I missed something. I didn't know enough, blah, 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 blah. But if my anger is all externally focused, in particular on my partner, then, and, and what's the effect of that? When we're looking at kind of what's the benefit to this person behind this outburst of anger or rage, um, what do they get from that? Um, so we're looking at this if it only happens in our personal relationship in more of a calculated way. And then you might, you know, what this also helps you do is because, you know, certain people I've spoken to about, you know, who are mystified at why do I get treated a certain way and nobody else does? Um, well, ask yourself that question again from the perspective of, well, what does that person get out of treating you that way? Um, uh, because they clearly know enough to know they can't do it anywhere else. They clearly have enough control to pick and choose where that plays out. So I'm, I'm sorry, I, I would be looking at this as more of a, of a strategy rather than, oh, the poor person, they've got anger issues. No, no. Uh, well, if they, if they do have anger issues, then you'd see it everywhere. Um, and again, uh, that being the case, then they have a responsibility as an adult to get that sorted, not push that back on you or have you mop up the consequences of their... Um, you know, that, that we're taking accountability. If we do have genuine anger issues, great. Don't keep, oh, I must do something about that. I feel so bad when it happens. Sorry, a bunch of excuses. I want to see action. I want to see somebody in therapy. I want to see someone taking honest accountability. I want to see genuine remorse, not a strategic um, apology that fills you full of hope. And then we know the cycle's just coming back around again. Um, but what this also, as I say, allows us to kind of do is that, then we can see that, you know, this is a deliberate tactic. It's not that, well, I must be so bad that I deserve this. Um, or the person says, well, it's because I love you so much that I, that I get angry at you. Uh, okay, um, do you love your mum? Do you love your dad? Do you love your siblings? And yet you don't seem to get angry at them. So how, you know, this is, you know, if I love someone, um, that's no justification for me putting my worst set of behaviours on them um, because lots of us love people and we don't use that as a justification to abuse the hell out of our partners. So why should abusers um, or people with control-based issues get away with that? So, I, I, you know, what it allows us to do is look with a bit more clarity about what's going on. So, again, what this comes down to is, you know, the certain behaviours that are not necessarily acceptable that we're seeing in our relationship, if those things are across the board, then that may indicate that this is, you know, something serious. And if it is something serious, if it is some significant psychological issue, then you're not equipped as a partner to deal with that. This person does need to see a professional um, to get effective diagnosis and effective treatment. That's not something that can be solved inside a couple if it is a genuine 
issue and it was probably there long before you. So it has nothing to do with you. This is something they brought into the relationship if it is some kind of general, you know, um, if I've got undiagnosed PTSD, if I've got narcissistic um, uh, or sociopathic tendencies or some other kind of element running, then those things were there before you and they are, you know, this the, the person who's, who's um, labouring under those limitations needs to go get a professional. That's not for you to solve um, within your relationship. However, if it only seems that the behaviours are playing out um, around you, the intimate partner, the person who, well, I would think probably deserves the best level of behaviour, not the worst, well, we might have to look at that and go, one of the things I need to consider is, um, uh, you know, that this is unacceptable, it's abusive, and um, how is it that they can contain themselves with everybody else, but they choose not to do that with me? Um, and then we potentially have a discussion around what that is. But at least this gives you a more, I'm hoping, more clarity in what you're looking at. Um, and then get yourself, you know, get good support around yourself too. Um, make sure that you've got um, people around you that you can talk about challenges with, that you've got good support with. Like I said, this is... It's very difficult to talk about such a vastly intricate topic um, in these small bite-sized episodes. But So these are generalized suggestions, not specific kind of advice. You know, um, So get yourself as educated as you possibly can around the kinds of dynamics. Um, uh, you, you know, understand if you have some suspicions that you're in an abusive experience, look for um, support hotlines, ask the questions, seek, you know, good quality external help. You really need to be looking at resources, people who are educated um, in these kinds of areas. Do you know if you're, if you're seeking out um, support, understand, you know, find people who understand abuse dynamics, under, who understand narcissistic, sociopathic, psychopathic, um, elements, people who've got some background and some understanding in these areas, because otherwise we can have well-intentioned people advising us in ways that, that aren't very good for us. And, and above all, um, you know, if we're talking to people, other people can also help to monitor that, that we're safe and okay. And if we've got kids, that our kids are safe and okay. So I hope this episode helps. <coughs> Pardon me and the cough. Um, I'll just have a quick sip. But I hope this episode gives you some elements to think about. Um, we'll be doing some more on some of these elements because I think the more education we have in these um, challenging areas, the better off we are. <coughs> um, again, apologies for my voice in this particular episode. And we will soldier on. <laughs> um, but thank you. Thank you for listening. Um, and as is per usual sort of sign off for those who've been following the show for a long period of time, my profoundest gratitude, um, to you. If you've just joined us, thank you. Welcome. Hope you found the episode to be of some value. If you want to continue to support the show, please go to iTunes, download, subscribe, and leave a five-star review as it makes it easier for others to find us. And I think you know, the more tools we have in life, the more chance we have of successful, joyous lives. And you can also uh, find the show on Stitcher and Podbean. 
not to mention the website, emergencetraining.com.au. And uh, please, by all means, if you've got ideas for episodes, um, again, this stems, this particular episode stems off the back of some of the requests um, that we've had from people. So um, happy to happy to have a go at it and, and throw my hat in the ring in these regards. And, and like I said, I'm, I'm really hoping that some of this information helps you um, and uh, just helps you be able to proceed. If you're in challenging situations, I think the more education, the more clarity we have, the more easy we can find solutions to, to move through them. So um, any episode suggestions? If I feel I've got enough of a handle on it that I can pop an episode out, then I'll definitely kind of do that. Um, and please check out the website too for all the information on my one-to-one work and the group trainings that I offer in a number of different areas because um, I'm fascinated by human dynamics in general. I think, um, you know, we have amazing potential in us um, and I hope these episodes really help you with bringing out yours. So until next time, thank you very much for listening and bye for now.